Welcome to Around Our Schools, a monthly program that informs about the educational programs available in our area. I am Sarah Meyer. Margaret Fremuth makes the program happen. Today we learn about the Tongue Point Job Corps program for students between the ages of 16 and 24. Job Corps was a component of President Lyndon Johnson's Economic Opportunity Act implemented with vigor following the assassination of President John F. Kennedy in November 1963. Here's a short history. After World War II, Tongue Point and Mott Basin became home to over 700 military ships no longer needed for war. Those ships had to be decommissioned. Some maintained as ready reserve, others storing surplus grains or just anchored. Emerald Heights, Dog Patch, and two large dormitories housed most personnel assigned to the Navy or Maritime Services. It was a busy place. By 1961, almost all those ships had been disposed and the personnel left Astoria. A group of Clatsop County folks worked to bring another viable service to Tongue Point. First came the U.S. Coast Guard buoy tender base in 1964. With the University of Oregon as the educational contractor, Tongue Point Job Corps for Men opened in 1965. The programs and training were good, but many Astorians' prejudices convinced the U of O to switch to all women in 1967. Tongue Point became a campus for both men and women in 1972, and by 1978, recruitment con concentrated on students from the Northwest. The Department of Labor became the governmental overseer and over the years they would con contract with large corporations with their career training programs. I learned about Job Corps as a student at the University of Oregon where we had exchanges with Tongue Point students. I found it was a great program and in 1971 I was hired to be in charge of the orientation program as well as a senior resident advisor for a dorm. Over the years hundreds of other local people have worked with students and would share how important this career training program was. But others do not know. So we will spend the next three interviews updating listeners about those opportunities and the students accepted to Job Corps. Welcome Kim Zufeld. You are the fairly new director for Tongue Point Job Corps, but not new to the program. Would you tell us about yourself and your journey to becoming the center director? Sure. Uh, fairly new is uh, an understatement. I just started with my promotion. So my career started in Job Corps as a student, so uh, which is kind of unique. I haven't completed the research, but I may be the first student graduate from a center, become a center director in any Job Corps. Um, there are other students that, um, or former students, that have started working at Job Corps, but I'm not sure if there's any in the capacity of center director yet. But So I was raised in the mountains of uh, North Idaho on the Montana-Idaho border in a really small mining town called Mullen. And uh, I had a large graduating class of 36, probably to date the largest class that's ever graduated from there. So uh, there were not a lot of opportunities, especially for young women there. Um, so I found a brochure at the courthouse one day and it said free education and training and I called an 800 number and a, an admissions counselor called me and we had a brief interview and on the phone, I never met the person, uh, sent me a bus ticket to Astoria, Oregon. And so I figured, you know, why not? <laughs> Nothing else going on. I got on the bus at 2 a.m. and eight hours later in a long layover in the middle of the night in Seattle Greyhound Station, which is another story, I ended up here. So um, I spent a year, almost a year, 
at Tongue Point in the landscaping trade. And when I came to Tongue Point, it was for business and clerical because first I thought that was the only thing that young women really or should do, I guess, maybe. Um, and then we went through an orientation and learned about landscaping and discovered, it, well, something I probably always knew, but um, I had a love for the outdoors. And so I changed my trade choice to landscaping and um, I worked in the industry for a while and then came back to the coast and um, was talked into becoming an on-call RA in 1989 and since then I've moved around quite a bit. I've had some great opportunities. I was actually hired as what they called the female retention specialist and it was a new, um, a new position but it was uh, an effort on the National Office of Job Corps' part to find out why we were having trouble retaining and recruiting young women. So I played a lot of basketball and spent time just visiting with the young women and, and tried to learn about what was keeping them from being successful. And, and uh, I had an opportunity in 1984 to go to the Alaska Job Corps, which was uh, brand new. And I agreed to go for a year and do the startup and training. And then I returned to Tongue Point and shortly after that had an opportunity to do recruitment for Job Corps, which I thought would be really fun, and it was. So I moved to Salem for three years and did recruitment and um, trained other admissions counselors and just educational stuff on Job Corps. Then I went to Springdale Job Corps in Troutdale for a year. And let's see, I took a brief uh, break from Job Corps and worked for the Oregon Youth Authority for two years with violent offender females. And, that was very educational, but it was really a, a stark contrast to the mission of Job Corps. So I, I came running back and I've worked at, um, I, I just recently came back from Wind River Job Corps in Riverton, Wyoming, uh, where I was the interim center director. That was my first center director position. And um, it, was, it was great, I mean, to come from a center like Tongue Point that was built in the 1930s to the newest center in the nation was, was really a treat. But it was very different there, and uh, I gladly returned after my, um, my temporary assignment was up and just became the center director. Congratulations Thank again. You. Thank wow. you. So here you are. So Katrina Gasser, the business and community liaison for Tongue Point. Will you tell us about yourself and how you came to work at Tongue Point? I would love to. I am born and raised in Astoria and always knew Job Corps was in our backyard. It wasn't until I traveled abroad and worked at a, or volunteered at a vocational training school in central India uh, for rural and tribal women. And I thought, wow, I want to be a part of something amazing like this. And came back home and lived for free with my parents and got a part-time job at Job Corps. And then quickly learned that there is something <laughs> very much like that school right here in my backyard. So that was almost 20 years ago. I started as a residential advisor and now I get to brag about Job Corps to anyone who will listen. Fantastic. Well, what does the job of business and community liaison entail? Good question. So it's, again, bragging about Job Corps to potential students, um, introducing the program as a potential hiring source for employers or for them to host internships for our students. It's talking to the taxpayers who help fund our program. It's talking to our community members who help host our students. It's really updating everyone about the mission of the center and the success of our graduates. So it's full time. It's a full-time job, it is, yes. A lot of committees, a lot of meetings, a lot of tours. I love all of it. Do you involve students when you do this? That's the most effective. 
when I'm able to have students a part of the tours or bring them with me, obviously they're going to tell their stories the best, and it means a lot when it can come from them. Good, yeah. So Kim, how was Xander weathered the shutdown from the pandemic? Well, you know, I was in Wyoming at the time of the shutdown, so I didn't experience that here, but I know it's probably pretty consistent with all, you know, all the centers. It was pretty traumatic. It was, you know, one, one or two days notice and we had to find homes for all of these students and some of them just didn't have a place to go. So uh, like Tongue Point, uh, Wyoming, we ended up uh, retaining about 12 students in a, and Tongue Point had about 25 at the time that we decided needed to stay on center. So. Um, you know, we, at first it was um, just a spring break. That was a COVID spring break and we didn't know how, you know, what the time frame was. And so we sent students out on a break and staff got busy cleaning and, and reorganizing and, and reconfiguring and doing all of those things that we knew would need to happen before we could return the students. But uh, I don't think any of us knew how long this was going to go. and. Um, then we had to transition to a distance learning platform. And, and for Job Corps, um, you know, it was really, we had to, to spring into the, the modern world of, of technology immediately. And so we, you know, we're hands-on, we're, we're trades, we're, you know, that's kind of been the, the basis and the success of our program is teaching hands-on and the, those relationships. And so it, it was a, quite a scramble, but the Department of Labor purchased Chromebooks for all of the students. and. You know, they had to sign these user agreements. We had to get them back, and there was a lot that had to happen. But um, you know, we're adapting, and and some of the trades, um, the union trades, already had some platforms for virtual learning in place. So they they kind of they fared a little bit uh, better than some of the other trades. But it was really difficult to keep in touch with the students and to to support them in the ways that we're we're used to. And I'm sure every educational institution felt the, the same way, but we were fortunate that we did not have to lay off staff, that the Department of Labor did not want to, to do that, to contribute to that. And so we did, um, you know, teleworking for most of the staff that were able to, just kept the essentials on center um, since we did have students. And um, staff were just training all the time on adolescent growth and development and professional development. and. So um, we, we've, I think we've adapted and some very necessary changes and, and um, evolution has happened in, for the program. Do you want to add to that, Katrina? I agree. I think that it's um, one of Job Corps' many strengths is adapting and growing, and so we demonstrated that. And Tongue Point led the charge on some of those things because of our Google High School. We had the Google platform already that we were using for our high school program. So some of the staff were trained on that with setting up that classroom and how to navigate that. So we had that momentum to build from. And so I think that we also set the bar for some of the other standards that were created by Department of Labor in responding to that. So our staff felt a little more comfortable setting those virtual classrooms up and contributing to it. So you were able to employ all of the people that work at Tongue Point and then you had some on campus for the live-in component? Mm -hmm. okay. okay, and that's really good for those employees to be able to continue with an income and then to learn and adapt as we went along for, what was it, 18 months? So who's now on campus? And when will you be getting new students, do you think? And I'll let Kim do that. Well, that's, that's a great question, and we'd all like to, <laughs> to know the answer to. Uh, right now, we have about 150 students. 
and we have returned all of the students that were sent sent out on distance learning and we had other um, separation categories that the Department of Labor established so that someone who could not you know um, effectively participate in distance learning we were able to separate them from the program and reinstate them so all of we have all of our students back now and you know students have um, there's a time limit for job course so that was another thing that we had to, to try to deal with they lost so much of their allotted time and to um, get that time back is an act of Congress and I'm, I'm not exaggerating uh, there's very strict guidelines in the the you know the job core regulations so we had to get waivers for those things and there, there was just a, a lot of dynamics when will we have new students back um, some centers are starting virtual enrollment right now even have been for a couple months there's criteria that we had to meet and our criteria is that we had to have a full medical and mental health staff and we've had a really hard time doing that and so you know the nursing shortage and they added Department of Labor increased the 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 allotment or the full-time employee allotment for both so we've we've struggled to fill that which is the only reason that we are not having virtual enrollment right now there's there's a lot of hope that within the next couple of months we'll see the enrollment um, resume just a full on center enrollment because that's really what we want virtual is is if it's what we have to work with that's what we'll do but we really need to get those students on center and and work with them as a you know a whole whole student so why don't you tell us about the students that are on campus in job corps and where do they live and what, what is it? So outside of the pandemic, of course, our students are typically from the Pacific Northwest and they are 16 to 24 year olds who are low income. And that's basically how they qualify for our program. We have the unique opportunity of hosting students from all over the nation because of our seamanship program. It's the only one like it in the nation. So that brings our students from Hawaii, from Norfolk, Virginia, um, from anywhere that they're seeking to be a merchant mariner. So the diversity on our campus is unique, not just ge geographically, but of course across the nation, right? And do you get people from Astoria? We do, absolutely. Very much welcome them. And um, it enriches our campus, I think, to have local students on site because then they bring back the, the benefits of the program and talk about that when they go back to their families. So from all the county and from across the river in Washington, yes, it's open to their applying and meeting the criteria that Job Corps has. It's not by living here it, early on in Job Corps world, you couldn't really be in the county and, and be in Job Corps. You're right. That was something that was in the past, correct. And so they really uh, focused it on the region that students are living in, that they're attending those, and slowly they kind of bring those borders in a little bit more to make sure that the program is developed based on what the job opportunities are, the industries within those regions, and then the students coming in from those areas. Good. Thank you. Many people are interested in how educational programs are funded. Kim, do you have an answer for that? And maybe how much is a contract for Tongue Point here for, I don't know, is it a year or two-year contract? Tell us a little bit about how it's financed. Well, uh, Job Corps is one of many educational programs that's funded under the Workforce Investment Opportunity Act, WIOA. That's, that's the authorizing act um, for the funding. Um, the, our annual budget job course uh, is about 1.7 billion, and um, 
there's about 118 job corps right now that are measured, and measured meaning statistically they're performing. Uh, if they're not measured, they're either new or there's a couple that are being phased out. The center is either operated by a forestry, the Civilian Conservation Corps, or a contracted center like Tongue Point and, and Wind River, the center I was just at. So um, the contracted, uh, being a contracted center, it's, it's pretty um, um, open. The, you, there's a federal website called SAM.gov and all federal contracts are posted on there and Job Corps is no exception to that. So every five years our contract comes up for bid. There's um, the first uh, notices solicitation sought, it's, or sources sought, is, and that kind of gives everybody an idea that there's a contract coming open. And the next phase is um, request for proposals. And so every, every agency or, or organization or corporation has the equal opportunity to bid on these contracts. Then they get an opportunity to ask questions, clarifying questions about the specific contract. So we're in that right now at Tongue Point. The contract is open, or it was open. It's closed right now, and the Department of Labor is deciding who's going to be the next operator of Tongue Point Job Corps. It, it just happens every five years. We're used to this. I've been through it. How many times? Like almost six now. So the I can tell you, it, because this is on you know the federal website, our last five-year contract was for 74, a little bit over 74 million in total operational funds. And the the, the contracts, the the value of the contract is dictated by the size of the center. You know, some centers are 200 students. We have 473, so that um, determines the cost of our contract. So if you're at full board, 473 for five years, that's the amount of money that would be expected to come in to uh, MTC to distribute and use to make this a great program. Mm -hmm. Correct. And that employs about how many people? We have 165 center staff and a handful of contracted staff. Contracted staff would be mental health consultants, the physician, we're not, they're not employed by us, we just contract for minimal services. So the contracts are awarded for two years, that's the base contract, and then there's three option years. And most, most uh, corporations, they get the whole five years, but if there's something that's not, if the center's not performing well, or if there's, there's safety issues, safety is a huge, huge component of this, um, the Department of Labor can elect to not have them finish those three years. And a lot of that money, and this is true of a lot of federal funds, we are obligated to spend it with small businesses, um, women-owned businesses, um, veteran-owned, um, small um, disadvantaged businesses. And so of that uh, $74 million, we spend about $19 million of that in, sm in small businesses. So Clatsop County would be an ideal place to find the small businesses to spend your money on. You know, it really is, and we look at, you know, we, there's not always the diversity of services available here that we, we may need, but when we can, we certainly go local first. That's great. Katrina, I believe there are 15 career paths students can uh, study. Can you give us an idea of what those are? Absolutely. We, we basically break them into two groups, our soft trades and our hard trades. So our soft trades are more the medical-based trades, those sorts, like clinical medical assisting, dental assisting, medical administrative assistant, office administration, 
computer service technician in culinary arts. And then our hard trades are the construction-based trades or a merchant mariner. So we've got our seamanship trade, electrical, building construction technology, welding, painting, plastering, cement masonry, glazing, and carpentry. Wow. So right. someone could come in and be underneath a trained person to learn those skills? Absolutely. We try to make all of our certifications nationally recognized um, and then work with students at least if they're doing something state-based, knowing how to transfer that if they need to. So you even help with some licensing? or? Absolutely. The majority of the program measurement of success is really based on once they graduate, what are their jobs? Where do they go to work? What kind of jobs are those? Are they job training matches? How long do they keep those jobs? And are they making livable wages? So with 15 career training sites and somebody that comes to Job Corps has a maximum of three years, what are the time limits for those different trades? Can they do one or two or three or how long might they be with Tongue Point learning skills? Good question. So it's two years for basic training and one additional year for advanced training. On our site, students advanced option is Clatsop Community College. We have a strong partnership there and enjoy it when our students pursue those uh, credits and a degree there or they can transfer to another job course center or apply for advanced training there. So that's when they get that three-year part. Um, for the two-year, depending on Department of Labor's focus and the direction they're moving, we will encourage students to focus on one trade and go get a job. Work within that industry and see what's next for them in pursuing their next credentials. Uh, sometimes we're gonna have a second trade that will complement the one that they just completed. So an example for us would be students who do welding and carpentry, and then they look at going into being a millwright. So we wanna make sure the student's not just hopping around, we wanna connect them with a job that they intend to work within and can commit to for at least a year when looking at those two trade options. So it really does depend on quite a few factors in regards to the student's career plan, uh, what their goals are, what we have to offer in the availability within our trades, because there are wait lists for some of our trades, um, and what that next step can be. So while they're doing the trade, are they also getting a GED or Clatsop Community College? What, what's the educational component with the trade training? Good point. So another reason our, I think our program can, is so successful is we're not just looking at a certification for a student. We want to look at all the components and making sure that they are successful when they leave our program. So that of course that includes their academic component. Um, our students can pursue a accredited high school diploma through our center or GED preparation and then come to the community college for that GED test. Even if they have their high school diploma or GED, we're still looking at their math and reading scores. So if those aren't up to par for the industry they're going into, they're going to continue to be in part-time academics to brush up on those skills and be ready for their employer in the industry they're going in. So just really quickly, can you give us a, a typical day for a student? Yes, I can. So students are going to get up in the morning. Um, we provide housing, of course, so we have dormitories and rooms for the students. They usually have one to three roommates. They can earn their way into a single person room. Um, either way, they're getting up in the morning. They might do a little bit of chores, some light chores in the morning, or just get ready for their day. They're going to go to the dining hall and get their breakfast, and they're going to be in class by 8 a.m. So from eight to four, Monday through Friday, they're either in full-time or part-time trade and academics. So it's a full work day. We push for that because we want our students to be ready for the industries they're going into. And those full work days are a big part. That is good to hear. Um, Kim, you're a fantastic example of why Job Corps is a great program. If a student is motivated, so how does Job Corps assist in their success? Um, well, 
I, even if they're not motivated. I mean, I think that's part of our job. Job Corps, what's so unique about it really, um, and, and Katrina kind of touched on this, we create a whole employee uh, person. And so providing a place for them to live where they can, you know, removing them from whatever environment may not be conducive to learning um, and having, you know, a really well-rounded 360 approach to making this young person a, a employable. I, you know, I always say we produce a product and our product is employable young people and they may not know at 16 or 17 what that means or what they need to do and it's our job to gently show them and teach them and mold them and so if motivation is something they lack that's something we're going to address. We assess them every 60 days. We set performance goals for them and and help them meet those goals. You know, I think that it, it gives them an environment, it, like it did for me, where I, for the first time, could do and be anything I wanted to be, explore any, any side of me and, and um, really feel comfortable and safe in doing so. And, and that's a huge gift when you can have that environment. And, you know, I've seen just countless cases of students change and they come in and they're really rough around the edges and they're not m very motivated and they just don't have direction and when you when you kind of help them look in a certain way and build that confidence everything changes for them there's nothing like job corps it's probably one of the the best i mean it certainly makes me feel good about the taxes i what i pay anyway so it uh, uh it's you know job corps had a lot of slogans over the years and and best chance for change is is the 30th year slogan and it's just the one that sticks with me because it truly is. That's good. Do you have any success stories or anything that you want to let us have an insight to? All the time. Oh my gosh, all the time. So this, uh, we are working on a newsletter. This will be our second issue coming out um, to engage our community members, to update staff specifically about some of these stories. Uh, but this newsletter coming out next is focusing on our painting trade and on our glazing trade. And one of our painters who graduated from our program, Diego, he went on to the apprenticeship program, which is usually the plan. We encourage them to do that. Completed that in three years, is now working as a journeyman painter, bought his own really nice truck, um, working on buying a home and just feeling amazing about his future and did not even envision that for himself prior to coming to our program. Those happen every day, right? So Diego's not unique in that part, but certainly worthy of celebrating and it's amazing to be a part of those stories and hear a little bit about them from, from my position. Yeah, we have students who've gone on to be physicians, a pediatrician, that, you know, that story will always um, stay in my mind. Um, he, uh, we had a young man from Sudan who didn't speak English, who went through our program and ended up, he's a pediatrician in, in Seattle, and uh, he probably overcame every obstacle a, a person could have, and uh, very successful. We have students who graduate from the seamanship trade, and they're bar pilots and captains on vessels, and you know, th those are really high wage jobs, so really proud of all of them, and just kind of the personal changes that they make when they come there. Fantastic. Katrina, if somebody wants more information about the Job Corps program and opportunities, would you provide contact information for them? Well, absolutely. I'm always a point of contact if they'd like to call our center. So 503-338-4924 and ask for Katrina. If they wanted to just start recruitment, let's say they wanted to sign up for Job Corps and get started on that process, they would contact our admissions counselor, Robert Stormo, and his phone number is 503 729 
2408 and start that process. And I went to a website and that was really easy for Job Corps. You can put in Tongue Point Job Corps and find out all sorts of good programs and success stories and how you apply. Kim Zufelt, Director and Katrina Gasser, Elias Tongue Point Job Corps Center. Thank you ever so much for sharing. Next month we will hear about the daily campus life and activities. You may listen to past interviews by going to the KMUM website and click on Around Our Schools. There is no one way to gain skills and take on the challenge of learning. Opportunities at public schools, Job Corps, and college provide choices that we all can support. Thank you, Margaret Fremeth and KMUN for bringing current information to our citizenry. Thank you for having us. I look forward to the next meeting. Yes, thank you. Thank you.